Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 968. Uh, hey, events at ID10T.com is back. It's a thing. As is proven by the following corkboard items, John writes... We did a thing, a weekly professional wrestling match review thing. Play It Forward is a passion project of two best friends, CJD and JJZ. Uh, we share an undying love of pro wrestling. You can find the blog at piffprowrestling.blogspot.com. That's piffprowrestling.blogspot.com. It's updated every Tuesday, and we'll feature the same wrestler for two weeks at a time. Please enjoy our journey of the love of pro wrestling. Also, Jeff Railsback writes, I work for a concert promoter, and we're throwing a benefit concert at Stage AE on December 18th called The Concert for the Tree of Life, featuring a host of local and regional artists and up-and-comers and legendary performers. More artists will be announced soon. Tickets, $25. All the proceeds go to benefit the Jewish Federation of Pittsburgh's Victim of Terror Fund. Our whole staff are volunteering our time for the show. We are truly and dearly hope that it can be a huge success to help so many members of our community. Tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster. More info can be found at stageae.com. Or if you just want to contribute, please visit jewishpgh.org. Uh, and again, if you want to have your thing mentioned that you're making, uh, email us events at id10t.com. This episode, Henry Winkler returns, or rather we return to him. We went to Henry Winkler's house um, for another episode of the podcast. And I mean, is it weird if I just decide to stay there with him forever? Because he's a damn delight to be around. I don't know. Maybe I could sneak my wife over and then we could just live there. Or if that doesn't fly, he lives across town. So I could, you know, like do a cross town exchange program, half my time with Henry, half my time with Lydia. Um, and just sort of see how it plays out because, um, when you hang out with Henry Winkler, you never want to not be around Henry Winkler. Um, he's a wonderful, lovely, hilarious man promoting, uh, Barry, which is a brilliant show. It's Bill Hader's show on HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now, and season two is coming in 2019. I believe they're shooting it as we speak. And also Henry's book series for children, Hank Zipser. So this is the ID10T podcast number 968. Henry Winkler returns, a.k.a. we returned to Henry Winkler. Initiating ID10T protocol. This is very spot. Yeah. And it was like it was it was great. It was my birthday that day actually. It was a big it was a it big was a wonderful interview I remembered. Thank you. How are you doing? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm I'm in heaven. Uh, Emmy winner. Where's the Emmy? Like why isn't it Okay. Why don't you make it the door knocker? Can we can we put the Oh, uh, stand up for a minute. Sure. Right there on the dining room. Oh, there, there it is. <laughs> See, it's right on the dining room table. It's a perfect Some people place. use it for a doorstop? Yeah. Not mm-hmm. me. No. Some people say, "Well, I'm going to put it in the bathroom." Yeah. Not me. No. Some people say, "I'm gonna, I'm putting it in the garage." Why would they do that? Not me. Right. It's on the dining room table, so when you walk in that front door, 
Yep. It's the first thing you see. You need to set up some kind of like Indiana Jones well, at movie night, trap. I have sparkling lights on it. <laughs> and uh, at Christmas, they will be colored. <laughs> That's, you know, the funny thing is when people try to downplay the thing, they spend so much time downplaying and it's yeah. like... That's almost a bigger production than just putting it out. You know what? I agree with you. I I was so thrilled. And here's the thing. I'm going to take this moment to thank HBO. Okay. I'm going to thank all the people that under the roof and just above the lobby. Yep. On both coasts. Okay. And I'm going to say that I forgot to thank them in my speech. Okay. And they took a, a chance on Barry. They said yes to Barry. They then sent us all over the country to talk about Barry. And uh, I am grateful and thrilled. That's, that's very Thank sweet. Thank you and good night. Na, 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 na. Are you playing me off? Coming up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Coming up, a tribute to Pratt Falls. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the, uh, my, my uh, Cousineau babies. Yes. That's what they call them. The, the fabulous actors and actresses <laughs> that are in, make up my class. Yep. Because I'm a good teacher because I've got great students. That's right. Otherwise, I'm full of it. It's, a gr- <laughs> it's such a great show. And it's, and it's it's one of those shows that I feel like uh, – because I think comedy has evolved – you know, like years ago in the old days, in the old days of television, comedies were very much comedies and dramas were very much dramas. Absolutely. And then there was a dramedy. Then there was a dramedy. And yes. now some of our and now, you know, good characters were good characters and bad characters are bad characters. And now there's Barry. There's Barry, who's Who very complicated. Insane. Yes. Yeah. He's complicated. He's he is a I don't know what the they have to come up with a word for like a. Uh, sort of a a flawed protagonist, or it's like you know he's the guy you're rooting for, but he does really messed up stuff, Whoa. and he's very he's very flawed. Yes. Or Sean Penn, <laughs> maybe think of the Sean Penn the, the Sean Penn character. <laughs> Have you? You must be having a blast. Well, you must I'm be having. having a, a, you mean doing the show? Yes. Oh my gosh! But you know, I I I really um, I go to work every day. I am thrilled out of my mind uh, because my character is so crazy. He is. Uh, he wants to be a good teacher. He's not really a great teacher. He really cares about whether they can pay in cash on time. <laughs> uh, and then you're a really good student, right? Then you're that's that's how you yeah. know. And he just says the the most insane things, but it is so gratifying to go to work and be able to play this character. You know, a men my age, a lot of men my age play. You know what? Give me your badge. I'll take a week <laughs> off and uh, don't show your face around here until you kind of cool off. Cut. We got it. That was perfect, Thank Henry. You, you were great. You. I'm going home now. <laughs> or. All right, listen, I'm going to close the binds on my office right now, and uh, no one can see us, no one can hear us. What were you thinking? And, um, you know, and I get to play Cousinow. Yeah. The name Cousinow, I think, is the obstetrician, Dr. Cousinow, who delivered Bill's babies. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. That's really sweet. Who, in a way... Was like had it was building a class of his own of Bill's offspring. Yes, and well, she. It's, it's, I think it's a she. Oh, it is. Yes, and I think that uh, she is a um, uh, she is a doctor very much like Kusno is a teacher. Yep. Yeah, that's very sweet. Got to pay on time and in cash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still holding my new baby. Can I just sign that paperwork? Can I? Yeah. Just no. Or she check. just keeps the baby in. Yeah. Excuse me for a minute. <laughs> on layaway. Yeah, you're not coming out so soon. <laughs> Keep the baby on layaway. Yeah. We'll pay in installments. We'll get the Absolutely. baby in six months. Okay, fine. <laughs> and then uh, you can visit him once a week. There could be. <laughs> It could solve a lot of problems for the healthcare industry. You know, you know it's really true. <laughs> what was it? The, and then you were doing a show where you were doing the NBC show where you're traveling around. Do I sound like Kanye yet? Not, thank, no, not quite yet. Okay, I'm working on it. You're getting there. Do you know what? On Twitter today. People often confuse the two of them. There you. was a mashup of 
of Michael Keaton and me in Night Shift. And Michael Keaton was doing a riff, and then they would cut to Kanye. <laughs> they did a mashup of that. I what was the riff? It, it, you know, um, Michael said, oh, my God, I've got so many ideas. that They keep coming out of my head. I can't even stop them. You know, and then he was talking about the hydrogen plane. Oh, right, right, right. You know? Yeah, I, e- I emailed you like a month and a half ago because – um, my wife had never seen Night Shift, and I was like, we're, we're watching it tonight. And I watched that movie. Once a year, I watch Night Shift. It's a really good movie. It is still completely holds up as does. one of the best. Ron Howard came to me. He said, hey, you can play both parts, either one. Just tell me which one. And I thought, well, I've played the Fonz now for 10 years. Yep. I'm going to play Richie. Yep. <laughs> and you did. I did. I did. Yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. love that movie. It's great. That was Ron's first major studio film. That wasn't... Uh, oh, right. No. he. That was his first movie. Yes. That's right. Now, he did um, Roger Corman movies. You know, low-budget, uh, by the seat of your pants movies. Uh, Eat My Dust and Grand Theft, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. He did television movies. But this was Warner Brothers. This was big time. Was it a big hit when it came out? It was not. It was. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. No, no, no. I, I, I was. I forgot that it failed. Uh, I thought it was a big hit. I remember. So no, you know when it, it was a big hit. It they they. Uh, it was an eighteen to thirty nine movie. Right. And uh, they marketed it for kids. The the uh, the poster was a cartoon. Right. And when it got on cable, it became a cult hit. Yeah, that that's people where I found saw it. it on cable. Cute. I mean, I, I I swear I've seen that movie. I swear I've seen that movie a hundred times. And I know the exact scene you're talking about. It takes out the tape recorder, and he has the idea to uh, to feed mayonnaise to tuna fish. Yes. Why? Of, yeah. Why waste your time? <laughs> By buying the mayonnaise and the can of tuna fish. <laughs> hold on, Feed. hold on. Feed him. Call Starkist. I mean, That's it's right. perfect. It was perfect. That's what I'm doing. I, fe- I found... Well, it, the, the, the tuna that I raise in our bathtub... <laughs> I oh, feed them. I feed them pellets of mayonnaise, <laughs> and this is going to help. This is going to. This it was the backup plan, and, but it saves you money at the yes, same time. It does. Yeah, and uh, I saw. There's a great clip online of Michael Keaton doing stand-up on like Evening at the Improv or wow. one of those shows from maybe 1980, 1981, wow. and he's got the manic Michael Keaton energy. Yeah, um, but he's just talking about his family. When Michael Keaton. Uh, came into audition. We were in Toluca Lake, uh, and we were in my house. We had met every young actor in Hollywood, and nobody seemed to raz um, Ron Howard's Berry. <laughs> and Michael Keaton came in. Within two minutes, Ron looked at me, I looked at him, and he had the part. Did you tell him that in the room? I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I that I, it was not my business to to you know because uh, it had to be the director. Sure, sure, sure. You know, but wow, he was great. I mean, it is. Did they ever say like, let's make a sequel? I mean, a lot of the great no. 80s movies were that that they sequelized didn't turn out. Okay, not only did they not make a sequel of of Night Shift, I've never worked for Ron Howard again. <laughs> what? Yes. I was thinking you would call him. What did you do? Somebody to piss him call off. him. What did you and do? I, he gave me a hug at the Emmys. <laughs> he emailed me. He said, "I'm going to come in for the Emmys. Um, you know, we have a show here at Imagine, uh, the um, uh, Pablo Picasso mm-hmm. show, right? You're right. Uh, and that, that was up for an Emmy. Yep. I'm going to find you. He said, "I'm going to give you a hug." And he did. Usually, we have like at least a meal. A year, but it, it just—it's been reduced to a hug now. It's now, yes. We haven't even had a stir fry. I'm, I, we haven't had a wrap. It's—it's it's sad. Did when he when he hugged you? Did he whisper in your ear? I'll never forget that night shift was a cult hit and not a hit in the theater. What, did he blame you for it? You know what? He, I think he blames me for everything. <laughs> I'm not kidding because uh, somewhere in there, I could—I looked in his eyes and I saw. 
Star Wars. Everyone loves you. Yeah. You're the nicest. Yeah, well. Do you are you trying to do you want to do you really want a bad boy image now? Like is it time? No, but you know, I also think that it is really bullshit about the being the nicest guy in Hollywood. Right. I'm happy to be fucking alive. <laughs> I am happy that I'm breathing. And I share my happiness. <laughs> I am uh, grateful. Grateful. I am. I see somebody who does a great job. I write them an email. Yep. I write them a letter. Yeah. Keenan, you know, Thompson was sitting opposite me at the, and we were up for the same award at the Emmys. And we reached across the island, squeezed each other's hand. Right. And I had done uh, an animated show with him called um, Stand Up, uh, Sit Down, Shut Up. Uh huh. Sit Down. Uh, and it was run by Mitch Horowitz, the genius. Right. Who does uh, Arrested, Arrested Development. Yeah. And I was happy to see him. And then he said something nice to me at the end of the night when it was his turn to present the last award of the Emmys this year. I wrote him a letter. I said, thank you. That was really lovely that you acknowledged me. He went on Seth Meyers and he said, oh, Henry Winkler, isn't he just the cutest old Jewish <laughs> Gumdrop. He's just like an old Jewish gentleman. Like a like a like a little, little gumdrop. And so I just sent him a box of gumdrops. From one one gumdrop. Enjoy them. These are my children. You know, the chew gently. I can attest to the to the emails because I do get emails from you sometime. You're like, hey, I just watched the wall. And you I bet. Really, I, I love it. It's, you're, it's, well, because you're great on I it. I appreciate that. You really are. You're an incredible host. I appreciate that. It's a fun show you know, to do. Jeff Daniels. Yep. I write him after every show, after whatever the performance is. Does he write you back? Uh, yes, he does. Oh. Instantaneously. Oh, wow. Yeah, not Ron. <laughs> But hey, um, but you know, but Jeff, I, and then I got to see him. I, I, I and I saw him off Broadway. I saw him on Broadway, in te- you know, on television in the movies. He's just amazing. He's I've never he's met my I've never met Jeff Daniels. He's a lovely, lovely guy. That's nice. Yeah. And he's a guy that sort of like. Left Hollywood for a bit. Yes, he did. And well, went to do theater. Yes. Well, yeah, he opened his own theater. That's right. Yeah. Which I completely understand because I think... Uh, you know, when you have talent, when you truly have it in your gaderim, in your, uh, in your genes, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't drip out. You can just go and feed your your muse, your um, uh, artistic need, come back, and you're still as powerful as when you left. Right. Those people who don't prepare, who have really very little to give uh, in terms of acting, it's hard for them. They they better stick around because uh, otherwise it, it will be a flash in the pan. But I also think that there's a, there's certainly an air. I mean, I mean, one could blame the business, or one could blame just the, how people sort of perceive the business. But there is something about the business that does prey upon the sort of the weakest parts of our ego, the weakest yes, parts of our psyche, and it also attracts people who maybe have a bit of a predisposition to those weaknesses. To being an asshole. Anyway, and so, yes. but at a certain point... But here it is. Yeah. Then it's our responsibility to prepare ourselves to not be sucked in by that. Absolutely. To not um, think that all of a sudden you can walk on water because people all over the world have sent you a letter. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. A letter sent by you. Well, I, I send letters, but I got, you know... Uh, I got 50,000 letters a week. Of course. I didn't grow an inch. Mm -hmm. I wasn't smarter. I did not know um, math because I got all that fan mail. You can't get caught up in that. No, but I also think that... But I did keep the jewelry. When you're... (laughs) It's it's right next to the Emmy. Yeah. But I also wonder if, um, uh, you know, when you're young, when people are young, when performers are young... You get this idea in your head, and I believe it's a false idea, but it's an idea that most people have, which is, if I become successful, I will then be happy. 
if I get this thing, I will be happy. Well, if that's I get the same this- thing about if I get a lot of money, if I win the lottery, which I, I buy a ticket for every week. Of course. Um, but- It'd be really funny if you won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? I want to tell you. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. If you won the lottery, would you be anonymous or would you come out and be like, yeah, I, Henry Winkler, did win the lottery I this week. I would try Sorry to be anonymous. That. Of course you would. And then I would – I know pretty much in my head what I would do with um, very little of it uh, and give that away. Sure. Sure. I would keep the, the lion's share. You shit. should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's your ticket. And then my children would have to show me a business plan mm-hmm. on why they should get some. And also compete with each other for who's going to get the most. Yes. And, yeah. and like the war games. <laughs> that's right. You know, like um, whatever they would call that with the bows and arrows. That's right. Yeah. That's what they, There were some the games, right? Some trials. They're very, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was so Hunger good games. in that. And they, they were, yes. Yeah. The Hunger Games. So the last kid standing gets all of it. Get, well, not gets a little bit. A little of bit of the, it, right? What's left over? Yeah, <laughs> from what I haven't given away. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but I would give some to like the drama school, and yeah. there's a, an incredible school for learning challenged children in Washington. Absolutely, the lab school. Yeah, I'd give them a dollar or two. Of course. So hopefully you'll win the lottery this next time. I'm looking for it. But I think you know, as we were talking about, like. I am shocked. Do you know that? I am shocked each week when I don't. My uh, that, Ron Howard's behind it. That oh, are you kidding me? Not the, one number that those numbers didn't come up. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's total bullshit. It's terrible. But I, I also, <clears throat> as I was saying, I think people think that things will make them happy. I would, I would redo the rugs in my. Well, of course you have in, to in my living. Room. No one would fault you for that. No, I mean rugs, they wear. They you know, do. like over time. Well, as you can see. Yeah, but the, you know, these are nice rugs, but I still. Well, think- that's because I've sewn them up. <laughs> By hand, I'm down there with a thread and needle. You've done a very nice Thank job. You. This is a this is a, like a woven yeah. Um, you can't tell. grass carpet. You can't tell. No, no. And when I leave, are you going to be down like where my feet are crushing the? Is it okay that I have my shoes on? Yes, your it carpet? is. Okay, good. Yes, it is. Now in my daughter's house, you cannot wear your shoes at all. You have to take your shoes. How do you off. feel about the no shoes in the house uh, people? Oh, I I have no judgment about that. Okay, that that's nice. Some because sometimes. You know, people come to our house and they go, can we take our shoes off? And I go, I don't give a shit, you know, because I don't want to I don't want to have to stress about the rugs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to yeah. have to stress about it. No, I don't. Uh, I don't care. So do you think <clears throat> that as people get older, as we get older, we start to realize like, hey, rather than trying to find things to make me happy, what if I just was happy? What if I just. Well, that's the work of uh, uh, there's a, the whole eastern part of the world. Right. Works toward happiness, right? From within, in America, we are consumers. You are happy by um, uh, sucking things off the shelf into your body. But it's a never-ending. It's a never-ending. It, it just—it's yes. a void that gets wider yeah. and wider well, and more. Can, I want to just say, yes. you can never have enough cashmere sweaters. No, they're very soft, and I like them in all yes. those colors. Yeah, they look great in yeah. earth tones yeah. and bright colors. But aside from that. There's not a lot. And again, in the summer, in the winter, like a cashmere any time of year. Oh, cashmere. No one's going to Well, sometimes I just sleep on them. Yes, of course. You should while hugging the Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the the Emmy, the reason it's on the dining room table is because the chain to make it into my necklace hasn't (laughs) arrived yet. They have to measure. Oh, they already measured? Yeah, the first one broke. It's all good to go. Yeah. What you need to do is win an Oscar or a Grammy and then make a like a a four finger ring out of it. Yeah. As you well. know what my dream is? What? To win a Tony. You wanna there's no reason you couldn't win a Tony Award. Well, so far I haven't. But have you how much in a few days, um I don't know when this is going to go on the air, but in a few days from us sitting here in my house talking, yeah. I'm gonna be seventy three. <gasps> Better Happy hurry birthday. the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> You still got a lot of time, Henry Winkler. I hope so. You could win a Tony. <laughs> it's the memorizing that entire script. How much you mute? You got to find a mute character. You know what? That's true. Yeah. I, that's still on my mind. You know what? I want to play a mute. And and because that's amazing that you remembered that. I think honestly, did you listen to the last one? <laughs> I think I did listen to the last one. I honestly think that would you know because number one, um, 
You're playing a character who has a challenge to overcome. That's right. No one would say, oh, Henry just didn't want to memorize any lines. They would no. say, what a brave right. performer. And if I can communicate and be clear emotionally yeah. without ever saying a word, I will have accomplished my goal. And then this might be the Tony Award that is waiting for you in the wings. Yeah, but that's, that is one, that's on my bucket list. Do people ask you to do theater? Or do, you, do you try to do theater or is it just... Uh, I I have not. Um, you know who asked me? The last person who asked me is um, Ed Weinberger, mm-hmm. who was the person who gave me my very first job in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for him within four days of arriving in Hollywood for the Mary Tyler Moore show. I had four lines. I had lived it, I think, to six or eight and he just called me. He has written a play. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's really well written because, well, he was great then. He's great now. People really do stick around in the business for a while and they yeah. remember if you were cool Well, to them. I, I have to say that uh, I have a great lawyer. Uh, I was his first client, uh, Skip Brittenham III. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, if you stay at the table long enough, the chips come to you. And I'm telling you that I now know that is true. If you have prepared yourself, if you have that fire in your belly, if you have your will, you win an Emmy on the uh, 17th of September, 2018. (laughs) That's the thing is that now there are many times, believe it or not, before that, I didn't get out of that chair. I sat in that chair. They called somebody else's name. Now, because you're nice, I'm sure you were very supportive, but deep inside, there was a rage. You know what? I'll tell you, it's not so much a rage. It's like a, 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 a four or it's a real deep, deep-seated disappointment. Um, <laughs> inside, your organs are crying. <laughs> you know? I, you can see teardrops falling from your heart. Or hemor- it's hemorrhaging. Hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. would be another, yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. You... You are so proud to be associated with these other talented actors until your tush hits the seat. Right. At which time all bets are off. Mm -hmm. You want to win, and then you have to remember keep the smile. (laughs) No matter how you catch it on camera. (laughs) Oh my God, because it is so much fun to watch. Those people who forget. And then just the face goes down. Yeah, really. Like, oh. But it's, a, it's one of those things. It's like, you you know, if you, if you had wanted, if any, you know, if someone doesn't get what they want in a moment, that doesn't mean that it's over. Maybe it wasn't right yet, or maybe it would have. Well, that is another key to living. That, uh, you know, my, my entire image of living is the toy with sand at the bottom. And you you blow it up. It's a clown or a cowboy. And you punch it. And it goes down to the floor. And then it comes right back to center again. Uh That resilience is the key to living. And I think I heard a great quote. I think maybe it was in the movie Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm not sure. But there's there's a quote that's something to the effect of – it'll all work out fine in the end. And if it's not fine now, it's not the end. Right. So that but it, that is the truth. Yeah. That is the way that the world circles around the sun. And that the only thing that we can do, we obviously can't control what happens out in the world. We can't control that we didn't win a thing or we didn't get a job we wanted. You can, but you can control the, the disappointment. Right. The overwhelming sadness of um, that... You are, you know, you think you're defined by stuff outside you. Right. I am right in the mix. I'm right in there with them. But then you have to pull back and say that just isn't true. Yeah. And particularly for performers, because it can be so difficult to quantify 
how well we're doing or what we're doing. And so we do look at a lot of external things for validation. But if you can really push all that stuff out of the way and go, you know what? I'm healthy. I'm happy. I have good friends around me. Like that really is the important stuff. It is. And not only that, but also it is life-giving stuff. Um, My grandchildren, we have five grandchildren. uh, And they, each one different, each one uh, funny, smart you you see the world differently through their eyes right it's just um like a a nectar right from heaven and uh but there's obviously one that you would trade if ron howard would just call you back right oh i know exactly which one (laughs) but i can't say but oh my god we you know oh what you can't say it out loud but you know the kid is a pain i'm not kidding not as much fun as the others. <laughs> <laughs> Someday they'll hear this and go, was that, was that me? Was that yeah, me? Was that me? Was well, that it's me? up to them. And, but I will say uh, also uh, one or less Hanukkah present. Yeah, that's right. Well, there you go. Actually, isn't it like eight less Hanukkah presents? Yeah, oh, they, you mean one for every, every yeah. night? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, uh, I, I, have a, I have a pitch for you. I have an idea for you that I think could solve this, help solve this Tony Issue, okay. Okay. Yeah. Here's my pitch for you. Okay. The Tony Awards are always super fun. Yes. True. I think, and if anyone from the Tonys is listening right now, or maybe this is something you pit, you could pitch to them, you should present an award at the Tonys. Not being going to play at all this this year. Right. You present an award at the Tonys. You go. You come out. And you go. I'm Henry Winkler, Emmy winner. Henry Winkler. Um, <clears throat> I really want one of these. Put me in a fucking play, you guys. What do I need to do? Seriously, what else do I need to do for you? It'll be funny, and someone in the audience will go, he's our guy. They'll put you in a play, and next year, you'll win a Tony. Wow. Okay, so this interview, I'm so sorry, is over. I'm now (laughs) going to call my publicist, (laughs) and I'm going to pitch that very idea right now. See, it's that compelling of an idea. I want one of these. Put me in a fucking play. I'm going to say it just that I'm telling you. I want one of these. Bleep, bleep, bleep. (laughs) I'm so happy that I'm Henry Winkler and beep, beep, beep. Yeah. It would kill at the Tony Awards. Couldn't do it at the Oscars. Too serious. Really? Everyone's too serious at the Oscars. Right. But the Tony Awards. Yeah. Tonys are the Golden Globes. (sighs) I love the Tonys. The Tonys are great. I, I love Broadway. Yeah. I love going. I love seeing those people. Now, uh, there's a play that is coming to, um, to L.A., and it's called Come From Away, okay. which is the story of the morning of 9-11. Every plane that was in the air landed. 7,000 uh, uh, passengers landed in a small town of Gander, Newfoundland. And there are only 700 people in Gander. Mm-hmm. And the, it is the relationship between the town and all the passengers. Oh, my god! Come from away. It is fabulous. Where did you see it? I saw it on Broadway. And it's coming And, and I've gotten tickets to come and, and see it again. It here. is interesting that we, you know, L.A., not generally considered a theater town, we do we do get little hints of it, like at the Pantages. Like there's a couple theaters. You mentioned the Pantages. Yes. Let me tell you of my connection. What is that? If you go to the Pantages and you're under the portico, yes, under the the sign, yes. the Pantages sign, and you look down, you will see my star. Is that your star on the wall? That's of my fame? Hollywood star. Oh, that's so nice. It's a little out of the way. <laughs> no, yes. not anymore. Yeah. That's a booming part of Hollywood Boulevard now. Really? Yes. I'm very happy. They, for for the longest time, that was that had fallen because that's right. That's like right at Hollywood and Vine, Hollywood and Gower, Hollywood and Hollywood and, and Gower. right down the street is Paramount Studios, right. where I did. Uh, happy days for 10 years oh. uh, where we're doing MacGyver right, right now in the third year of the reboot Yep, and we're shooting Barry right there. God, that's right. I always forget that you're an EP on MacGyver. Yeah. How did, how did that come about? Well, uh, when I was doing happy days, uh, part of my pay package, mm-hmm. very professional, <laughs> was <laughs> on the air commitments. Uh-huh. They don't do that much anymore. I was very lucky. Yeah. 
So uh, my partner at the time and I uh, developed a comedy called Mr. Sunshine, a blind English professor played by Jeff Tambor, mm-hmm. brilliantly, and MacGyver. We sold them both. Mr. Sunshine ran for 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. MacGyver ran for seven years wow. and is now back in its third year under the uh, leadership of Peter Linkoff. I have to know what the pitch for MacGyver was. Was it always – because obviously – because now MacGyvering is part of our lingo. It's like, oh, I MacGyvered this thing. What was the pitch the for that show? The first thing was the, – the, the first go-round, he worked for the Smithsonian. Where my jacket happens to be. No. Uh, and uh, my, my jacket is there in the Smithsonian. No, so very it's, fancy. Yeah. But anyway, he, was, he worked for the Smithsonian. And if there was an anomaly anywhere in the world, sparrows were dying in Capri. Mm-hmm. He would go to Capri and figure it out and get into this, um, you know, uh, this incredible adventure mm-hmm. of intrigue. Then we had him uh, that when the police or the FBI or the fire department or the Coast Guard could not figure it out, you call MacGyver. He would have a bicycle, you know, at that time, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was uh, like the early 80s. Mm -hmm. And so he had a bike in his uh, trunk of his Jeep that he could put together. And if there was a traffic jam and he had to get somewhere, he could get on his bike that he built. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, it's all, you know, something you take for granted. Right. But he was real good with his hands. He was real good with his hands, a Swiss Army knife, and could make a bomb out of a stick of gum. Yeah, yes. and that. But see, that's. I always love those characters who. I mean, I never, I never went in for like the macho protagonist, but I always like the ones. It's almost kind of Doctor Who in a way, where it's like it's his intellect. Yes. he's a hero because of his intellect, and he doesn't right. have to necessarily punch people in the groin. He just knows how to think his way out of situations. The only time he ever used a gun, he punched out the barrel and used the gun as a wrench Mm -hmm. and uh, literally uh, unloosened something that allowed something to happen where he saved a lot of people. Yeah. And do you, as an AP on the show, are you directly involved with the creative process or... Well, now... Um, I have been invited to come and I uh, join in the editing process, mm-hmm. which I really like. Yeah. Then the the EP of television is the king. Yeah. You, uh, it is your responsibility to get that show on the air every week. In movies, the director is king, and everything is uh, comes from the mount of the director. Yeah. So we read the scripts, cast, edited, um, went on set, um, solved problems, talked to the crew, uh, cajoled actors who had attitude and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you have an attitude about? <laughs> what, what, what? You know. And uh, like that. I have another Broadway pitch for you. Okay. <clears throat> now... Does it, does it have to do with going to the Tonys? It does not have to do with going. I mean, it has to do with don't going to Tonys when you go to win your to pick up oh, your award. Fine, fine, yeah. fine. But not. But this. No, no, if no. You don't want to do the first idea of just kind no, of crafting I'm thinking the Tonys, about it. which I still think is a great idea. But um, okay, so I haven't seen it yet, but I hear the Bruce Springsteen show is incredible. <gasps> I saw it. Did you, did you like it? Yes. It. You know. Well, he's one of my idols. Uh, if I if there's such a thing as reincarnation, yep. I'm coming back. As the boss. Right. And if I can't do that, I'll come back as Sia. (laughs) One of the two. Yeah. Because she sings like, wow. I mean, it's incredible. She's mind-blowing. Wow. But for Springsteen... Oh, so see... Oh, go go, go ahead. No, you go. You go. No, no, no. I want to hear the idea. I was digressing. Digression is, is welcome. But I... So a friend of mine went and saw it and said... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He play... You know, like he plays, he tells stories, he's really funny. It's true. I don't see a reason 
you guys have about the same career span. Right. Now, the old, like the reason the Springsteen show works is because he's Springsteen. He's been at the top of his game for that long. He's had that many experiences. He has that much reflection. He has that. I mean, you could do the same thing. Yes, except that. I don't play the guitar. I <laughs> haven't written a song, you should and us. I don't play the piano. <laughs> you should try to play anyway. Tell a really thoughtful story, and then just play and the strum. piano terribly, and then just do it like you know what that is better than your first idea. Do you like that one better? I'm not kidding. That th- I will not be booed out of the city. <laughs> you would. No, it would be hilarious. They won't tar and feather me and put me on a plane. I think there's. I really think there's a one man show in you. You do. I do because you. Well, I speak publicly, and I have a PowerPoint. You know, I and I I show pictures. Yes, and I tell the story of uh, my dyslexia. That that would be such a great part of the the whole. I honestly think there's a one person show in you that sort wow. of spans your career, spans your philosophy, sort of gets into, and you're hilarious. Like there's no reason that you couldn't put something like that together, you know. And if you don't feel like writing it alone, just hire a couple people to kick ideas around with, and then just go. Nick Kroll. Kroll. Uh, John uh, Mulvaney. J- John Mulaney. Mulaney. Yeah. I've I've said his name wrong. Every single time, either when I've met him, yep. I have never gotten his name right. And every time it takes a little piece of his heart. But it doesn't matter. He's fine. He's well, doing y- great. You know, have you heard uh, there's a horse in the hospital? No. Oh, my God. Was that from the last album? From his last album? It might be from the special. Yeah. It. It's like, I don't know. It's like genius. Yeah. He's, he's Bill Hader's favorite writer. You know, Mulaney is a guy that... Um, he doesn't waste a word in his stand-up. Everything is so it's perfectly true. placed it's true. and so evenly spaced out. Yeah, I mean, he's a flawless. He's yeah. a flawless writer and performer. I am. Uh, I'm going to spend the next couple of years really practicing his name, <laughs> so that I. I, it, it's really now embarrassing. When you're winning the Tony, th- I'd like to thank Nick Kroll and John Malarkey yeah. to, for this award. John with an M. John with a Johnny M. Johnny M. John Ma. Oh, I'm getting the light. And you're like, no, there, you still have plenty of time. Well, I got to go. You know, you could just trail Mool off. Boost. <laughs> when oh, you boy. So it, at the beginning of the podcast, you said, oh, I forgot to thank HBO and the Emmy speech. Yes. But they really, having stood on that stage before... There's a lot of pressure because there's a giant clock that's ticking oh, down. Well, this is what happened. And it's like, get, you better get the fuck off the stage as it's fast so as possible. True. I walk up the stairs. Can, can, can the audience hear that my stomach is growling? Right now? No. Yeah, no. No. It has been growling for this entire... Hear it? Is it? No, can you stop. make it happen? It doesn't want to do it no, when you... stopped. It's like the performing frog. When people are listening, it uh, doesn't want to... Uh, no. Nope. Okay. But uh, so I, I, I'm called... I kiss my wife, Stacy. I see Bill, and I hug Bill and Alec uh, Berg, mm-hmm. the two creators of the show. I walk up on stage, and I see the king and queen of England. <laughs> what? Claire Foy and oh. <laughs> Michael Smith. Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Yep. I got his, <laughs> his name wrong, too. <laughs> also played, do- he was the doctor on Doctor Who. Right. And Matt Smith are up there. And I start to geek out. And I said, oh, my God, my wife and I, we love that second season. It was so much. It was so interesting. And then I realized I had a speech. And I turned. So, so technically you thanked Netflix at the top of your speech. Oh, my God. <laughs> I turned around and saw the audience. And then I was just overwhelmed by the warmth. Yes. And then it said. 37 seconds. And it, it feels like it ticks down faster than actual seconds. You know, it went from 37 to 7. Right. Uh, awfully quickly. Right. And then it said, stop, stop, stop. Leave. Stop talking. And I said, no, I can't stop. And then I, it's when I thanked my children and said, you can go to bed now. Oh, that's so sweet. And of course, they were 35 years old. <laughs> of course. Doesn't mean they can't go to bed, though, no. to be fair. So for kids, uh, the people who knew me, knew oh did you get it 
No. Okay, you didn't get it just yet. No. Can we want on Mike Henry's tummy? No, we don't have an extra mic. I'm sorry, we can't it's mic amazing. your tummy. You can't mic your it's tummy. It's just amazing. But it was, and then, was that a situation where as soon as you got off stage, you went, ah, shit, I forgot to, did you beat yourself yes, up about it? I did. I'm, well, here it is, um, almost a month later, and right. I'm still beating. No, but it's fine. No, but I, it really, because you don't. What I what you understand is you don't get up there and receive that award on your own. Right. You are pushed up those stairs. Ooh, that's a good line. Mm-hmm. You are pushed up those stairs. For next year. I remember that for next year. By your family, by the people you work with, by the people who vote. And um you need to thank them. Yeah. I um I got to present last year, and Julie Louis-Dreyfus won the award, of course. And we were walking off stage. I go, oh, you, it would have been really funny if you had said, like, ugh, I'm so sick of these, and just thrown it on the ground. And she was like, oh, that would have been funny. But it seems like there are people that can get away with that because yes. they are so beloved. Right. And you could totally— Tina Fey can do pretty much anything you she wants. You could, too, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, 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 I want, it in, I want that, that Emmy in, in completely whole. <laughs> I don't no. want a wing broken. Are you guys going to do more of that NBC show? We, you know what? There is a small window that we will. Uh, we were canceled. And I don't know. People have gone. The, the public has written a lot about that they want to see it again. Did you like doing it? I loved it. What an amazing job. That I get to go to Thailand and spend the day with Natalie, this incredible elephant. Mm-hmm. I love elephants. Well, one of the, uh, the children's books that I've written uh, with uh, Lynn Oliver is uh, Little Hank, who is dyslexic. Right. Uh, gets lost, can't find his class in a zoo. He's lost. And he gets locked in the... Uh, um, the enclosure with an elephant. What do you do? 15,000 pounds, you're seven. You play soccer. <laughs> and if you Google elephants playing soccer, uh, they are brilliant at it. Really? Yeah. Do they play with their trunks or do they kick it their with feet? Their, their stubby feet? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that an elephant cannot jump? I did. That's Now you do. But that doesn't. Hurt their, I guess you don't do a lot of jumping in soccer. Well, you don't do a lot of jumping as a 73-year-old either. No, okay, I guess not. No. Yeah. But uh, you, you, you jump over the ball. People jump over people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, an elephant's tooth, I think, is five pounds. It's like a, a block of, it looks like a block of salt. Right. You know? Which uh, is great when you're playing soccer. Yeah. For defending, do they make good goalies? No, but what they do is they take the ball, they bite it, <laughs> and uh, then you've got no evidence. My mom begged me to bring her with me today, and I was like, no, we're going to Henry's house. I can't. Re-. But, you know, my mom adores you. She could have been here. Where? And what is her name? Sharon. Sharon? Yeah. The next time we do this. Yeah. In two years or whatever sure. it is. Yeah. I, I want Sharon in one of these chairs. Okay. Now I feel terrible that I didn't, because I was like, oh, we can't. If we're going to his no. house. I can't bring. I don't want to bring a bunch of. She was like. Is oh, she I'm... embarrassing? No. She's the lovely. Does she smell? <laughs> she smells nice. She's, she showers. She washes? She does. Yes. Yeah. She's, very, she's a very clean lady. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. But she's, my mom's. She likes to dress during the day? She dresses during the day. Right. Uh, she wears shoes. She gets out of her soft clothes. Gets out of her soft clothes. She's. Uh, Sharon, I want Sharon in the house. You know, my, my mom's like one of my favorite people, but I just didn't want to overwhelm you. My mom just, besides just being a fan of your work, just a, just be, knows what a lovely person you are. And every time I get a nice email from you, I tell her and she goes, oh. I just, I just want to meet him someday so I can just hug him and thank really? him for being yeah, such a I sweetheart. I want that hug. Okay, it's gonna happen. Okay. It's gonna happen. Thank you. So, are you shooting season two of Barry right now? Yes, we're uh, we start uh, episode three on Monday. And how are you feeling about the season so far? I, you know what, I have no idea. Now, remember, there are two shows going on. Right. There is the um, killing assassin. Um, uh, 
adventure show. Right. And then there is the weird, wacky, um, funny kind of um, theater, uh, excuse me, uh, being in the theater show. Right. I'm only in part of it. I have no idea what he's doing over there in those other scenes. And he, you, don't, you don't read the, get to read all the scripts? I read all the scripts. But what I've realized is that I had no idea that that's what I read. It's so, um, you know, cleverly done. And when does the show come back? I would think we're going to shoot until January, December, January. They're going to edit until March. Okay. And then they will start writing um, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And we will go on again in sometime in the summer. That's great. Yeah. I'm very excited for that show to come back. Yeah. I'm also very excited for this piece right here in your living room. Yes. That um, I would I would like to buy from you if you ever decide to sell it. It's gorgeous. I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's it, like well, a, it's a an armoire. It's an armoire that is uh, It has three drawers, a very skinny drawer. It has a desk part, and then you open up the top of it and um it is um, bookshelves or knickknack shelves. It's stunning, and I, I, it's blue, gold, yellow, greenish. But every little, every little panel has a different painted yes. scene. There are little circles of. There's like ducks on it. I think animals. it's from the 19th century. It's gorgeous. Has this been in your family for a long time? This has been in my wife's family. I think it was um, her grandmother's. I'm going to put down the microphone for a minute. Okay. I'm going to go over and open the desk. All right. Henry's walking over to the desk. We're going to see what's inside the desk that someday I will buy if his wife agrees to let it go, which may not happen. The desk is not opening. Oh, there's candles on top. We've got to move the candles so that the desk may be opened. We don't know what's inside. This is an Al Capone's vaults situation. There could be gangsters inside, money. Uh, oh, there's more drawers inside. A gorgeous scene inside. It's a completely different color has been introduced into. There is a red inside. It is. That is stunning inside. Open or closed, this armoire is a winner. If this were Antiques Roadshow, I would tell you this is a priceless heirloom. That is worth a fortune, but no one can put a price on a family heirloom. Um, but seriously, if you could put a price on it, how much? How much would I have to work to? How many episodes of the Wall would I have to do? To, <laughs> I'd have to win the Wall. <laughs> you have to throw the aside. <laughs> what is in there? There's secret stuff in there. There is secret stuff. When was the last time you opened this thing? Um, I, I think I opened it a year ago. I mean, there's like a stunning vista. Every piece of this. It's beautiful. Isn't it? I think it's Russian. Oh, my God. It looks like they're Russian scenes. Well, anyway, if you decide to downsize Thank you. and you want to give this or sell this, I, I'm happy to take it off your hands. Right. I'm so happy I opened it. Because it's rather beautiful, and we should leave it open for a while. I mean, maybe the Emmy should go, like, right in the middle of it. Yeah, but then, you know, I have to then lead people to the dining room through the living room. That's true. As opposed to a straight shot. Just a straight shot from the yeah. front door right and to the dining table. And then they can table. also ride on the uh, rocking horse that we have for our grandchildren. There. Yeah, it's it's not a big rocking horse, but... No. Well, they're not big children. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we have we have pint sized kids. It's adorable. Next to this like nineteenth century hand painted priceless Russian armoire is an adorable rocking horse with a little ha cowboy hat and, and a tricycle and a tricycle. Yeah, <laughs> with stickers on it. They've every time they come they put stickers on it. What is your um, let's say let's say someday my wife and I have kids, which I'm sure that we will do at some point. Yeah. What is your fatherhood advice? Okay, here it is. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. Okay. A herd child is a powerful child. Okay. If you listen to your child, 
no matter what. And sometimes it takes a very long time to get that sentence out. If you listen and you really um, pay attention, your child will be a very happy person. Now, what is the line between listening and also like not spoiling or placating the child too much? Like, because obviously they, a kid needs structure. Well, the structure is a totally different thing. Okay. Structure is um, everything around the listening. Uh, but and I've said this before, but let's imagine that you're late for a meeting mm-hmm. <clears throat> and your child um, says, Dad, uh, I, I um, you know, I love, um, I, I want, um, I have, uh, and you are thinking I have to go. Right. And you're thinking this is not really important what you're saying. You can't even form a sentence. You must stop. You must turn around and you must listen until the child can say, I like, um, and, uh, peanut butter. Mm Mm-hmm. And you go, I'm so glad you told me. Can we talk about this when I get back? And you know what? We'll even share some peanut butter together. I have to go now. Now you've taken maybe 45 seconds to stop, to listen, to let that child express what they were, it was on their mind. Yep. You will not be any later or any earlier to your meeting. And you have given a very important um, emotion, emotional feeling to that child. And then when you come home, you can say, well, daddy lost his job because of your peanut butter bullshit. That's right. (laughs) So there is no more peanut butter. (laughs) So now we learned. And now we're going to learn to boil leaves. And there is, there's nutritional value in fresh mown grass. <laughs> so get out there, grab that lawnmower. Really? Yeah. And push. I don't care that you're four. Yeah. Push the lawnmower. Right. This is an excellent place to land this podcast. And so I'll just say a couple of things. Number one, I adore you. I sincerely, you, it makes me happy to know that you're in this world. It Thank makes you. me That's so a nice happy. Thing. Thank you. You are such a kind man, and you've always been so kind to me. And I, I love your emails when I get them. And, uh, um, and I never want to bother you, but I always think to email you more. But I'm like, ah, I don't want to bother Henry. But maybe I'll every once in a while. You could. You um, could. And also, I don't get many. I also say, uh, Ron Howard, what the fuck? Let's get it your shit together. What is that? I don't know what it is. What's he directs his problem? big movies. He does. This kind of I'm good. You are. You listen, there's an award right there that proves it. Really? Yes. God. What do you what do you need to do? Like how long do you have to know a person? Really? Right. Forty odd years is not enough. Right. First studio film, cult classic comedy. You're welcome, Ron Howard. Right. You are welcome. Right. But he's used Michael again. <laughs> I wish people could have seen the the sip of water was such a great comedy punctuation at the end of that sentence, and no one got to see it. But it was just it was it was flawless. It was absolutely flawless. Thank you, um, thank you for being here what in your pleasure. house. Give my best to Sharon. I will give my best to your mom, Sharon. And, my my mom. What is it, Sharon. John Mulaney? Mulaney. Yeah, I would like to thank Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Is it no? But what's his real name? Mulaney. Mulaney. I got it right. Yeah. Well, technically, I got it right. Technically, no, you said Magolgi. I <laughs> But I was on the way to Mulaney. You were on your way to Mulaney. Yeah. Well, on your way to Mulaney Avenue. Whether I can say his name or not, I think he's great. He knows you love him. But I'm very happy that you were here in my house. And one man show, just think about it. And? Crashing the Tonys. Crash the think Tonys. Think about it. And the next time I win an award, smash it to the ground. Smash. And say, this is getting old. <laughs> That'd be funny if you... The second one, it's already old. Because I think you could win again next year. Wow. The second one, then you just completely rebel. Yeah. They should give, you should just swap out a fake Emmy award. Yeah. And then smash that one to bits. Yeah. Just something to think about. Yes. Uh, Henry Winkler, I look forward to seeing you more, Thank seeing you more you. on television. Um, and uh, enjoy your gumdrops, everyone. It's true. Brings you, brings you smiles. Yeah, gumdrop, gumdrops. A gumdrop a day. You know what they say. That's what doctors for years have been telling us. Really? 
A gumdrop. People day. thought it was an apple. No, they were dumb. It was a gumdrop that gets stuck in your teeth <laughs> and pulls your filling right out <laughs> of your head. And you have to dig it out with excruciating pain. And then take it back to the dentist and have them reform it and fill it again. What a great metaphor life that simple, pleasurable things cause us irreparable damage and pain. Right, or death. Or death at the same time. Death by gumdrop. Yes. Henry Winkler, thank you so much. pleasure. ID10T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. I'm Shimon Yai, and I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost. But now I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on stage tonight. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.